Hey, it's Adrian. Just before we get you to this episode, do me a favor and head over to pageantlaunch.com. We are starting the world's first dedicated pageant review site to make the pageant industry safe, transparent, and fair. Three things that I know it is most of the time, but it's not like that all of the time. So head over to pageantlaunch.com, enter your email address, it's completely free, and let's get you to this episode. Hi everyone, it's Adrian from The Pageant Project and I have Paloma Costura. Actually, I probably should have asked you how to pronounce your name, Paloma. <laughs> is that is that how I pronounce your name correctly? Close enough. <laughs> Close enough. Okay. Um, she's a Miss World Australia state finalist. So Paloma, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, now, you're from Victoria, right? Yes. Currently stuck in Melbourne's lockdown. I was going to say, so can you update us with, because it, it's changed for those of you who aren't in Australia, it's changing sort of day by day. So what's the current state of lockdown um, in Victoria? Um, so still the full lockdown, still not allowed out of the house. Um, we're sort of waiting for updates. We're hoping on Sunday, we'll know a bit more. Uh, we've got two hours exercise and that's it. We've still got the five kilometer restrictions as well. So hoping that these things start to ease and we can go back to normal life. Well, new normal. <laughs> yeah. How, how have you found it? I mean, some people have obviously struggled with it hugely. Some others seem to have adapted to it a little bit more. Obviously, Melbourne with its curfew is pretty extreme. But how have you been finding it during lockdown? Um, well, to be honest, when it all started, I was thinking like, I'm a very, like, I'm always busy. I'm always running around doing a hundred things. And I was like, I can't sit still. I can't sit at home. I can't spend a single day at home. So I was like, this is going to be tough for me because I'm always doing a million things at once. And then I sort of was like, okay, you know, this is a challenge. Let's, let's see what we can do. Let's try and really adapt. And actually I've, I've honestly, I look, I don't I hate to say this, but I've honestly almost enjoyed it. I have really truly made the most of it. Yeah, you're, you're actually not the first person to say that they've somewhat enjoyed it. Obviously, there's a lot of horrible things going on, but oh, yeah. a lot of people have actually enjoyed having that little bit time to themselves to think. What what aspects of the lockdown have you enjoyed? Um, so, as I said, I like I like to be busy. So I thought, you know what, I can still keep myself busy to an extent. So I've been doing my PLT, which is my legal licensing. As soon as I finish that, I can be admitted as a lawyer. Um, I've been doing a lot of reading, a lot of hiking, um, a lot of yoga, spending time with my family, cooking, baking. Um, I don't know, a lot, a lot of random stuff just to keep myself busy and just, oh, I started gratitude practice and gratitude journaling, which was really nice. Amazing. Uh, the, the cooking and baking, that's a common, that's a common <laughs> theme. That doesn't go so well, though, with pageant prep, does it? I mean, especially the baking. <laughs> well, honestly, I'm currently on a seven day juice cleanse. <laughs> so it's all about balance. <laughs> okay, so no, no baking or cleansing. I, I've never done a seven day juice cleanse. What juices do you have different like veggie juices, orange juices, or is it just one type of juice for seven days? 
Um, it's, I think there's like maybe eight a day and it's, yeah, seven days, eight a day, all different ones, fruits, vegetables, um, nuts, all sorts of things, all sorts of really healthy, organic sort of ingredients. And it's all planned for you. And it's, it's been really good so far. (laughs) So you haven't had any sort of like brain fatigue or um, headaches or tiredness or anything like that? Um, I keep saying every day, I keep saying, you know what, I wasn't hungry yesterday, but I'm actually hungry today. And then I realized yesterday, I actually say that to my mum every single day, which means I'm actually hungry every day. <laughs> well, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear it's going well. Um, I, haven't, I haven't done a juice cleanse. I've done things similar to it, but um, not to that extent. How, how many more days do you have to go? I think three. three. Yep. Okay. Yep. Do you, have, do you have any plans on how you're going to celebrate making it through the three days? Champagne, I think. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought you were going to say you're going to have a cake or something. Champagne, I guess at least you continue the liquid diet to an extent. Um, yeah, yeah. Champagne, it, it's made from grapes. So I guess it's kind of still maybe a juice cleanse. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, now, I can see a bunch of people watching. Guys, if you haven't seen any of my interviews before, if you want um, to ask Paloma any questions, or even just a message of support, whack it in the comments and I will pass it on. But Paloma, obviously, look, congratulations getting through to the state finals for Miss World Australia. Um, I I want to start actually with your video because a lot of the videos that I I watched, um, I mean, yours was first. So for those of you who don't know, the Victorian um, final, the preliminary final, I guess that Paloma was in, was actually broadcast live on their YouTube and it wasn't an in-person event. So the girls all submitted videos and Paloma's was first up. And your video looked amazingly well done um, compared to some of the others, like the production value. It looked like a professional um, video. So can you give us an idea as to what effort, what work went into producing that video? Um, Well, I have to give my partner credit for that because he seems to be a bit of a whiz with those sorts of things. Um, We sort of just brainstormed, came together, brainstormed, what are we going to do? He really was, yeah, he was really, really the one that made it as amazing as it was. He sort of went all out. He was like, all right, you know, I've got the cameras. I've got even this ring light and stuff that I'm using now. He's got all this gear and, you know, we just went, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it the right way. We're going to give it our absolute best. And yeah, that's what we did. It was, yeah. And then I, I pulled out all these dresses and it was just like, just a matter of seeing where exactly it looked best, what exactly looked best on, how exactly we were going to film it, lighting, this and that. And then, yeah, it all just mm. came together really well. How Well, certainly did. How long did it take you to sort of execute from beginning to end the whole thing? Um, we did it all in a day. Um, we did have sort of wow. some planning and brainstorming in, sort of in the week before. But, um, yeah, we did it all just in a day. Yeah, just right. got it all over with. <laughs> That's quick. That's very, very quick. Um, and can you give us an idea? How, how has your experience been so far with the, um, obviously it's weird in 2020, everything's a little bit different, but how has your experience been so far with the Miss World Australia system? Um, I've been really loving it. Um, it's been fantastic. Um, first of, and foremost, I'd like to say that all the girls involved, and I'm talking the people that are actually involved with Miss World, as well as the girls that I've met through it, are amazing like it's like it's a it's so this is gonna sound so cliche but it's so beautiful it's like a sisterhood we all get along so well we all feel so supported and encouraged and 
I think that a few girls will, I think, I hope, a few girls will be watching. They've been sending me nice messages. So it's been it's been phenomenal. And then in terms of um, sort of the other aspects, we've had some amazing events. We had an oyster champagne party organized for us, and that's my cup of tea. <laughs> that's hard um, <laughs> And yeah, it's it's been phenomenal, honestly, all that. We've just been really well supported, great events, and just it's been fantastic. And then on top of that, we've also had the whole beauty with a purpose ethos mm. that's been guiding us all the way through. And what what made you decide to get involved with Miss World Australia to, to begin with? Or how did you even know to enter in the first place? Um, this is this is a good question. I've I'm very much so the kind of person where I want to experience everything in life. Like I want to be a lawyer and I want to be a yoga instructor and I want to be, you know, anything that comes to my mind. I'm like, I just want to do it all and experience it all. And then I, I've been doing modeling for two years now. And that sort of like pageantry was sort of very intriguing to me because of that, I think. And I did yeah. some research um, and I thought it would be something that I enjoy. And then I saw that, the charity that Miss World promotes is a children's charity. And I've always felt so strongly about children, children's rights, equal opportunity, children's education, especially. And yeah, that was really sort of the cherry on top. And I was like, I, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Why, why are the children's, um, why is the children's advocacy so close to you? I mean, obviously it's a great advocacy, but there's so many different things that people can be passionate about, especially these days. Why is the children's advocacy so close to your heart? Um, I, and anyone that knows me knows I love children. I love, love, love children. I like, I melt and I, so I am very lucky. My parents came from former Yugoslavia and I grew up here. Like I said, very lucky in that regard. Um, but I've also seen how others live in countries like, well, countries that were now former Yugoslavia and then yep. as well as other parts of the world. And I think, um, what I've seen is you know, unequal opportunities for children and, you know, their paths in life are very much so set for them in a certain way. And I think that there should be more done to allow all children all across the world to have that equal access to education, to opportunity, to have whatever career they want and that guidance and that support as well. Of course. Um, and going back to your video, you mentioned that I think you've just finished studying um, was it, it's a Bachelor of Laws and a bet was it in international relations or industrial? I couldn't quite remember. International relations. International relations. So you've just finished that and obviously you've made it through to the finals and you've got the advocacy that you're very passionate about. And you obviously you've traveled to a lot of countries as well. I think it was like 20, 24 countries. 24. Yes. <laughs> 24 countries. And I should also m mention that you speak six languages and you said four fluently, which boggles <laughs> my mind. So. Just list the six for us to begin with. What are the six languages that you speak? English, obviously. English, yeah, um, but they're very similar. Um, so English, um, Serbian, and that includes the Cyrillic alphabet, Serbian, Croatian, uh, Bosnian. And then I also speak, so the fluent ones, and then I also speak um, German, sort of at a proficient high school level. Mm -hmm. And yep. I recently, well, last year, I did a course in well, an elementary course in Mandarin. And then I spent two months in China doing another yeah. basic elementary course as well as an internship. Right. But I don't so, count that because <laughs> well, I'm not. That's, <laughs> yeah. 
that, that's fair <laughs> enough. But I mean, look, it sounds like you've you've already mentioned that you want to try and do everything. Obviously, you've got law, you've got yoga, you and you've done modeling, you're now doing pageantry. What what kind of motivates you? What What's your drive throughout life? I mean, there's a lot of people who will just do one thing and that's enough. That's their one passion. You obviously seem to be multi-passionate. So what kind of gets you up early in the morning and keeps you up late at night? I mean, obviously, I'm going to assume you don't have much spare time. So <laughs> why why so many interests? Um, <laughs> well, I, yeah, I definitely don't like spare time. Um, I would say that it's my parents. So ever since I was like this big, ever since I was maybe five, let's say, they've been saying to me, you know, you need to have goals. You need to work towards something in life. You need to, you know, have drive and passion and you need, you need to sort of always be moving forward. And my parents, hundred percent, both of them instilled that in me. Right. Um, and do you have any in terms of like five years from now, like maybe a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, do you have any sort of long-term goals as to how you want to bring everything together? Um, well, that's actually what I've been thinking about a lot. That's what I've been trying to figure out, how to bring all these very different things together. Um, I think I would definitely want to do something um, related to charity. I think that's something that is really important to me. Um, I'd love to do something that somehow is related to travel as well. Something that sort of encompasses law, charity work and travel. Cause those I think are things that really drive me as well as, you know, pageantry and modeling. They, I don't know, they're sort of like the, like the cherry on top. And I, I just, yeah. I've been trying all isolation to figure out how to put all of this together. And I've been journaling and working things out and I'm still trying. Even last night I came up with an idea. Last night, which is so crazy, I was thinking something for women in law, but women that sort of are into looking after themselves, into yoga, into, you know, even modeling, even sort of very feminine mm. women, but women in law. So sort of bringing those two aspects together. But I don't know how that's going to work. <laughs> it's, so, I, I can't it's say <laughs> immediately comes to mind. It, what about something like working with the UN with international law or children's law specifically or, or something like that? Well, I've definitely considered that as well. I actually wanted to go into diplomacy up until maybe this year when I realized that I think I'll definitely practice law for a period first. But I think diplomacy is something that's always been in the back of my mind. Who knows? That might even be where I go down hmm. as well. That actually sounds like a really good fit. Um, a friend of my brother's actually is a high-level diplomat and he travels all the time um, and has lots of interesting conversations about a lot of interesting issues. So maybe that's mm -hmm. the fit. And then I, I guess pageantry and modelling can fit around the rest because you can do pageantry and modelling wherever you are in the world. So mm. um, I, I have to ask, how do you organise your life? You've got so much going on. How do you keep on top of, all, of it all? Um, I have a planner. I have like a, a big old-fashioned on-paper planner and I look at it religiously. <laughs> and if I need reminders, I don't just set it on my phone. I tell every member of my family to remind me and then I also put it on my phone. So I've got everything's always <laughs> organized. <laughs> I'm very big I, on organization. <laughs> I was going to say, but I have to ask this. I've interviewed a few queens recently and they all are very busy. They are all are very organized. And they all go for the paper route, the actual having a paper planner. 
why mm -hmm. is it that no one seems to be, I mean, you do use your phone a little bit, which is a little bit ahead of some of the others who don't use the phone at all. But what is it about the actual paper planner, the actual hands-on planner that appeals? Uh I've been wondering that myself. I've been wondering why I've always gravitated. I'm, I keep looking here because it's like right here next to me. I'm like, should I grab it? Should I not grab it? Well, you want to um, grab it and show it. I mean, uh, I interviewed a Canadian queen and she had it right on the bookshelf behind it. Behind her, it was like a large, hard cover, like a really fancy looking one that ironically was from Australia. So, I mean, Ooh. is yours interesting to look at? Does it look fancy? You know, I'm going to show you. It's like, it's not anything yeah, special, it. but it's, it's big. So it's... The suspense like is building here. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, how and I've how actually... thick is it? Uh, <laughs> fairly <That's> significant. <laughs> and is that your plan um, for today? Is that your plan for this week? Is that how much can you how much can you fit in there? <laughs> um, honestly, I can't wait till that's my week. Once this lockdown finishes, it will be. <laughs> Can you can you guide us through how you actually like what's your planning process because i'm always fascinated with people who are high achievers set out to do a lot because at the base level for example people will say you do your to-do lists and i know a lot of very successful people say don't do to-do lists do it some other way so what is your sort of i mean you don't have to go through it in minute detail but how do you sort of do you plan a week ahead do you plan a day ahead do you have sort of the long-term vision and then you chunk it down how do you sort of organize your thoughts um, as soon as uh, any sort of date or appointment comes up, I'll put it straight in. So that's, you know, the first thing I'll do, um, just so that it's it's there definitely. And then I'll do it by week. So let's say every Sunday or Monday, I'll sit down and I'll just schedule the week. Um, so then I've already got those things that have gone straight in and that's things that are sort of significant events um, like this, um, appointments, this sort of thing. Um, and then, yeah, the rest is like on a weekly basis. Right. Okay. Um, dare I dare I ask how how many things go in there on a weekly basis? How many how many appointments or events are in there at the moment? <laughs> you know what? I like to. This is the thing. I like to like color code them as well. So I like I'll color code <laughs> events so one color, exercise and like health one color and all this sort of thing. Um, in terms of at the moment, well, it's lockdown, so not as many as I really yeah. like. They're kind of boring now. It's like you know, cooking, cleaning, exercising, studying, like <laughs> no no, no do, fun, crazy events. And <laughs> you do sound super organized. You've color coded the whole thing, so <laughs> I do like color coding. It's yeah, I'm just I'm just really cool like that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you into stationery? I mean, you you're obviously into the whole the paper planning, having something. I mean, your your planner looks a lot prettier than the one I used to have. I now use my phone, but mine was very utilitarian. Yours looks a, a gorgeous shade of pink. So do you like the fancy stationery? Uh, yes, if it's practical, though. I only have stationery that I really need. I'm not someone that sort of like collects lots of pretty little stationery things, but the stationery that I have is really nice. <laughs> so give us give us an idea as to what the must-haves for the stationery are. I'm assuming the the highlighters or something to color code. Yeah, the highlighters. Um, good pens, good quality pens. Um, yeah, nice planner, nice notebooks. Um, what else would there be? Yeah, highlighters are pretty important. Um, 
I think that would be it. I keep it very basic. Yeah, just good quality pens, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite type of pen? I mean, it sounds silly, but I swear by the four color pens. I mean, I have, I, and I have this metallic one. I always go with the four color pens. Do you have a favorite pen? They are, they are so practical, those ones, I have to say. Um, I, my favorite pen is my old boss gave me a, I don't know how much it is, like $500 Monte Grappa pen. And it is like oh. a prized possession. It blows my mind. I, I'm, I'm scared to brand. use it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's a lot. That, that's probably a, worth a hundred times what this big four color pen is. But I'd be terrified about losing it if I had a $500 pen. Whereas this oh. one, if I lose it, it doesn't matter. I just go and buy another one. But if I had a $500 <laughs> gift, I'd be like, I'm just going to keep it in a safe somewhere. Um, <laughs> I mean, do you use it on a regular basis or is it more like a, a, a treasured sort of memento? Well, that's the thing. I said to him, like, I'm not going to use this. I'm, I'm too scared to lose yeah. it. And he's like, well, what's the point of me getting it? So then I was like, okay, fine. So he sort of like made me use it. And I, we'd be in court and he'd be like, are you using my pen? And I'd be like, yes. <laughs> um, you, you mentioned court and we mentioned your study. So there are a few pageant girls that I've, I've worked with and interviewed who are into law. Some have started practicing, some haven't. Lawyers often get a very bad rep, I'm sure. You know, you've heard all the lawyer jokes that there are. What, what drew you to law to begin with? Because it's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, I knew I wanted to do law even back in primary school. Um, and again, I'm going to credit my parents for this. Um, they very much so instilled sort of higher education into both of us, my, my brother and I. Um, and I think law was always what I was sort of leaning towards and what they were sort of leaning towards as well. Um, but yeah, no, it was primary school. Primary school, I was already sort of looking at what I want to do, what I'd be, what my strengths are and this sort of thing. And then I discovered, this is so embarrassing, this is really embarrassing, but I'm going to tell you um, and all my friends. Oh, um, <laughs> I discovered Legally Blonde in about grade four. And I watched that movie every single day until my parents physically took it off me and said, stop, this isn't okay. You can't watch the same <laughs> movie every day. <laughs> That's not okay, sweetie. <laughs> so you basically <laughs> wanted to become Elle Woods is, is what you're saying. I think so. <laughs> Do you have the little the little fancy dog that you carry around as well? Honestly, I'm pestering my boyfriend as we speak to get me a Pomeranian. <laughs> oh, no. You're, you're I'm like, oh, Pomeranian. A... Oh, God. Yeah, and get, this is a fascinating <laughs> thing. You're not actually the first one to tell me this because another pageant girl that I know very well she wants she basically said she wants to become she's brunette so she said she wants to become the brunette Elle Woods so legally blonde as much as it was a comedy has actually seemingly encouraged more than one woman to be become an actual lawyer which is fascinating I saw this meme and it's like it is a feminist manifesto <laughs> it, mm, I might need to think about that statement a little bit more but I mean is I mean, because that obviously that's a comedy and it, it makes everything look fun, look, everything look kind of, mm. I don't want to say easy to achieve, but it's very tongue in cheek. Mm. Obviously, it's not to be taken super mm. seriously. Um, your experience so far in law, I mean, 
has it been anything similar? Has it been super serious? Have you had a chance to laugh? Has it been creative? I'm, as someone who's never been into law, studied law, I have no idea. So how have you found the legal industry? Um, well, I, so what I did is before I actually enrolled into law, while I was in year 12, I did two law subjects. I was part of like a extended sort of class and I was allowed to do that. And I did two first year law subjects while still doing high school. So that was sort of my way of seeing, you know, what is this actually like? Because it seems to line up with my interests and my strengths. So let's see, you know, practically speaking, if that's how it is. Um, and then honestly, I absolutely love it. I've since, since day one, I am genuinely like, my heart starts to beat faster every time I hear legal jargon. Like, in a, in a, like, if I'm out somewhere and I'm like, oh, what was that? Like, it's honestly, it's fantastic. It's amazing. And I love that it's, it's very creative and it's very challenging. And people don't believe me when I say it's creative, but I really, truly think it is. I think it's like, hmm. you know, you, it's your way of going about a certain problem. It's, it's a lot of sort of problem solving element, elements and there's writing and then there's discussion. And it's like, you know, one certain word can change a meaning it's there's just I feel like there's so much to it there's so much to explore and then on top of that it's yeah there is a bit of a challenge which sort of enough a challenge to keep you in that state of flow so it's interesting enough for you to want to keep doing it and challenging enough that you know you you get that satisfaction out of it but then it's also you know um enjoyable enough that it's not it's not actually that difficult sort of thing it yeah you, it's an enjoyable challenge rather than a challenge that just sort of drains the life out of you. You mentioned that it played well to your strengths. So there's a young woman or a young man watching and maybe they are considering going into law or they've never considered law because they have, as I said, there's a lot of lawyer jo jokes out there. That's a low hanging mm. fruit. What strengths, in your opinion anyway, what strengths um, does law work really, really well with? Um. I would say if you're a good public speaker or debater, um, a good writer, if you read a lot or if you enjoy reading, um, yeah, speak well, write well, what else? Researching, problem solving, um, if you've got a very logical mind, um, yeah, I would say all these sorts of things, definitely. Yeah, that's um, something I, I certainly, I, I never thought after watching Legally Blonde, I think I watched it once. But... <laughs> Now that you put it that way, that makes a lot of sense. Um, have you have you drawn any parallels between the legal industry and the pageant industry? I mean, has your legal experience or the experience in the legal industry helped with your pageant journey at all? Um, I think the two of the two of them can be quite similar in the sense that um, it takes the same sort of values to be good at it. So I think both of them involve. Um, a lot of drive, a lot of discipline, passion. Um, there's that teamwork element. Um, just and yeah, I think especially I'll say discipline in particular. I think that's very important. You know, you have to have a certain goal in mind, and you have to, you know, fulfill all these other things to get there. And you have to really have that have that drive to be able to do that. I think that's the sort of parallels that I would draw between the two. Absolutely. Um, and Paloma, you've mentioned your parents on a few occasions now, so I think I, I should ask, can you, can you tell us, and you don't have to go into a depth of personal detail, but can you obviously tell us what your parents have meant to you and how important they have been in you becoming the woman that you are today? Um, I give them full credit. I think that I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for them. 
Um, they're my best friends and biggest supporters. And even even with modeling and pageantry, it's something that I never thought that my strict conservative East European dad would approve of. But he's like the first one that's excited to watch and be a part of and drop me off for photo shoots and all this sort of thing. Um, but no, they're amazing. They're, they instilled every, everything that I've said today, that that's all comes from them. They, they are very impressive individuals themselves. My dad was a fighter pilot in Yugoslavia. Oh, wow. Yeah. And my mom speaks something like seven or so languages. She's a um, language teacher and she's absolutely stunning. So, <laughs> A yeah. fighter pilot. I mean, as someone who I've flown a few planes and I've always been fascinated by planes, but that's the first time. Um, does he still fly at all now? Um, not really. I think it would be just for fun if he did. Yeah. I guess when you've flown as a fighter pilot and it's a matter of life or death, maybe flying, you don't see it quite as recreational as enjoyable as someone else might um how did you how, how you mentioned that he's strict eastern european conservative i, I understand that's um, <laughs> tongue-in-cheek when you mentioned that you wanted to get into modeling or pageantry <laughs> did you have a conversation with him and if so how did that conversation go? <laughs> um well okay so my mom was like yes of course you have to do this of course you were born to do this like yes like she's you know she's so great but then my dad i was like hey like look this is what i want to do and i want you to support it and respect it and i'm probably going to do it regardless but <laughs> i would like your support and he was like oh i, I don't i don't like this mm. <laughs> then he's like <laughs> he's like oh okay okay all right but you are a lawyer and i was like yes dad yes dad <laughs> i love how that accent just just instantaneously came out um, what what sort of accent is that um so that would be serbian it's a slavic so all slavic languages um are very similar and they've all got that very strong like James Bond, bad guy, Russian accent. That's how I describe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, we, yeah, you describe it like that and everyone goes, oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, <laughs> Serbians, Serbians as a whole fascinate me because I, I'm very into tennis and obviously Serbia has produced some amazing tennis players. Um, Novak Djokovic comes straight to the top of the mind. And um, they're very, very patriotic. They fiercely support one another. So can you give us an idea? Obviously, you mentioned Yugoslavia or the former Yugoslavia, and there was a war that went on. Um, give us an idea as to what, I guess, Serbian culture means, not necessarily just to you, but to your family and why Serbians are so fiercely patriotic. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so my dad is, and this is really interesting that you bring up the war. My dad is a Serbian and my mom is a Croatian. So oh, wow. they're... Yeah. <laughs> this is like Romeo and Juliet. They are. They are. They're like Romeo and Juliet. Um, and yeah, so it's like a very, that's, that's exactly the thing. It's very patriotic over there. It can get, get even sort of bordering on nationalistic. And mm. I think that what my parents and to my extended family's credit, um, we, we're not like that. No one, even my, like my most extended family overseas, because we're only the four of us in Australia. Um, the rest of my family's overseas. No one is like that at all. We are all so loving, so accepting. Everyone sees everyone as the same, um, whether you're, you know, Serb, Croat, whatever it is. 
Um, and even like my, you know, my mum's family and my dad's family, even when we're all here, they all still have contact and they're just like, it's, you know, I think they've taught me how to, um, how to see people as, you know, who they are, you know, not to see race, not to yeah. see color, not to see religion. And I think yeah. that's something that is, it's like a real world example of, um, you know, what, what I can strive to be in that regard. Definitely. That that's amazing, amazing and inspiring to myself just to hear that a Serbian, like your dad is Serbian and your, your mother was Croatian. Do you know how that happened? Because that can't have been easy. Um, I think, I think that they were very smart and they were very lucky and they just, as soon as things started to get, um, sort of tensions were rising mm. at the time, they just, um, they just up and left. <laughs> Um, I think they went, this isn't, you know, um, this isn't going to end well. Um, and they thought best thing to do is to remove ourselves. And then yeah. when things are better, when things have calmed down, then we can come back. And have you been back to Serbia at all? Uh, yeah, we go back. Um, we go back quite frequently. I think, um, yeah, I've been to Europe many, many times. It's the, some of my best childhood memories. Definitely. Yeah. And as someone who's ever been to Serbia, can you just briefly describe what Serbia is like and what it's like, what it would be like to go there, I guess, as a tourist? Mm -hmm. um, well, I mean, you obviously know Croatia. Croatia is very beachy and stunning beaches and uh, mm -hmm. it's, I don't even need to say anything. Serbia is, look, I am a little bit biased. I think, I think it doesn't get enough credit. <laughs> I think um, people don't really sort of go there as a holiday destination, but I think that the city it's of Belgrade in particular, which is where my father is from, um, it's it's beautiful. It, it's like it's like any other. It's it's sort of like um, Czech Republic or Austria or Slovenia. It's a beautiful um, Central European old architecture. It's a beautiful city, and there's a lot of culture, um, amazing food, really warm people. Um, yeah, architecture is fantastic, and there is yeah. there is actually quite a bit to do there. Yeah, it's when, as soon as you go to Europe, uh, well, almost anywhere, but especially Europe as an Australian, and you can go and sit in a restaurant that's older than white Australia, and there's so much history. Mm. It's it's fascinating compared to compared to here. Um, would you be able to do your juice cleanse in Serbia, though? That's a question because, from my understanding, Eastern European it's very big on meat. How would a juice cleanse go in Serbia? I think first of all, my grandma would kill me. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I, I think it would be, so our, some of our favorite meals to have when we're there is meat stuffed with meat, stuffed with meat and cheese. It's like crazy. It's like a big slab of meat with meat and cheese in it. It's yeah. I don't know. There's cheese in the meat. <laughs> yes. You, you there's cheese. meat and cheese in the meat. <laughs> what's that called? Apart from a heart attack. I mean, what's that called, <laughs> yeah. that dish? Uh, wow. Okay. Um, is it any particular type of meat with any particular type of cheese or is it just in general, the theme is I think they have meat. different variations from memory. <laughs> right. Okay. That, yep. that sounds fascinating. I'm not sure it'd be my cup of tea, but I, I'd like to see it. Have you, <laughs> do you know what a turducken is? Nope. That, that's an, that's an American thing. It sounds similar. It's a, it's a chicken stuffed into a duck stuffed into a turkey. <laughs> no cheese. 
which is ironic <laughs> given that it's American. They probably should be cheese in it, but that's just what you reminded <laughs> me of. Three meats in one. Um, Paloma, going back to Miss World Australia for a second, um, do you have, is it your first pageant experience? Yes. Yep. First ever. So do you have, have you gone into it with any sort of expectations as to how well you'd like to do? I mean, obviously you've made it through preliminary finals and then at some point there's state finals and then national finals. Have you given any thought to how far you want to go? Um, yeah, this is the thing. I, I definitely feel like if I'm doing something, I want to do my best at it. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to have any crazy expectations. So I think I've sort of said to myself, I'll be happy if I get to the nationals and then what happens from there happens. But I mean, ideally, I think everyone is in it with a particular intention <laughs> and that's to do well. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone goes into it to fail spectacularly. <laughs> um, has there been any word on when the state finals, the Victorian state finals will be? Um, I think... Oh, so I think it's not going to be online. It's going to be a normal in, like in person event. Um, yep. So I think it's sort they're sort of gauging on when restrictions ease, what the restrictions are. It's sort of yeah, a little bit unsure at the moment because of yeah the current situation. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully everything returns to some some semblance of normal sooner rather than later. I actually think I heard in the news today Victoria is now the number of cases actually lower in the last 24 hours than New South Wales. And I'm really praying to God that New South Wales doesn't have a second wave. Um, but I think as a whole, Australia has done very, very well compared to a lot of countries in dealing with Corona. Um, Paloma, obviously you're super busy. You've got so much on your plate. Do you do anything to unwind? Do you have any hobbies that you do just for fun <laughs> where you don't have to try and do it to the best of your ability? <laughs> um... I read a lot. I enjoyed um, reading. I journal and I also write, sort of creative writing just for fun. Um, I hike and I think my hiking buddy told me he'd be watching. Um, yeah, I go on hikes. I really love hiking, um, which is so random. Um, yoga, um, when situation allows, I like to do hit or high intensity interval. Mm -hmm. Um and I think yeah, you're the I think, only person who would describe HIT as a hobby. This literally <laughs> high intensity interval training, and you just, that's my relaxing hobby is to do high intensity <laughs> interval training. Um, you mentioned hiking. What are the good hikes around um, Melbourne Way or Victoria Way? Um, so my parents live in the eastern suburbs, and there's a big gorge right, like right near our house, and it, it spreads all the way from like Rosanna, Greensboro sort of down to South Murray, it's, it's massive. And so every time I go for a hike, um, well, we go for a hike, we pick a different route and we pick an area we haven't explored and we just go for it. We like cross stepping stones, we wade through rivers, we climb, like trees are like turned into bridges. It's, it's crazy, crazy. It's just very, very wild, rough terrain. And it's just sort of, I think that's, we've even scaled a cliff. It's really, really, exciting <laughs> especially in how this far, sort of time how, how far out of the melbourne cbd is that um not in traffic just 20... to clarify because in melbourne traffic you could be there for five years but without traffic how far yeah. out of melbourne cbd is it um 35 minutes 
Oh, wow. 30, about 35 minutes, 40 minutes, yeah. Okay. Next time I'm down in Melbourne, I'll, I'll have to check it out. Um, I've, I've only mm -hmm. been down to Mel Melbourne a handful of times, although I did go earlier this year to watch a tennis. And before the whole corona lockdown happened, I did the, um, what is it, the the Great Southern, the, the Southern, the Ocean Drive. We did a fraction oh, yeah. of that. And that mm -hmm. was um, that, that was absolutely beautiful. Uh, okay, so Paloma, we always finish with the same 10 questions. So just before we go to the final 10, um, we already mentioned your parents, but is there anyone else that you'd like to say thank you to or shout out to sort of sponsors, friends, supporters, um, just for supporting you along your journey, pageant and otherwise? Um, well, all the Miss World sponsors, they've been amazing. Um, I... I, it'll take me forever to list all of them, but they've been phenomenal. Um, Chelsea, who's been organising everything for us girls, also Miss World. Um, Deborah, who's running Miss World Australia. She's absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, the entire organisation is amazing. Um, I, my partner for helping me with the last video. And yes, I think I, I said my parents. So. <laughs> Does yeah. your mum have does your mum have an accent as well or is it just your dad? She does. She does. She's she's very, very well spoken and then the accent is just like this beautiful touch on top. <laughs> right. Okay. Fascinating. <laughs> All right, let's get through to the final ten. Um Paloma, it's not a speed round. You don't have to answer as quickly as you as you can. If you want to, I'm I'm not gonna stop you. You can answer it in any way you wish. <laughs> so first question is what is your favorite word? Um, oh, I can't think of one. Um, we can cycle back to it because question two is what is your <laughs> least favorite word? Okay. Least favorite word. You know what? I'm going to say least favorite word is bad and favorite word is good just because of the energy and the feelings that they sort of can attract or, you know, I think... Yeah, I'll stick with that. <laughs> Thank you for not mentioning the word moist. That that comes yeah. up all the time. <laughs> the oh, most I should, yeah, word I missed my chance. <laughs> well, how do you well how do you feel about the word moist? What are your feelings on on the M word? I mean, it is gross, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So I've met some people who say they love it and they use it because it grosses everyone else out, but also it describes a cake. So I don't know. It, yeah, it does describe a cake. I never thought of it in that context. <laughs> All right, you can you, you can think about that one and debate it. Debate it. You can journal about it and see which camp you end up in: the pro moist or the anti moist. Um, question three: In life, what gets you excited or what turns you on? Uh, what gets me excited about life, just generally, or just about? Just in general, yeah. Okay. Just in general. Um, probably um, being busy. Some sort of busyness, some sort of, um, yeah, just being busy, having a challenge, having a, something to do. Just sort of that really busy, energetic sort of approach, I think. How long is too long to go without a goal for you or without a purpose? Oh, I think... I think you sh there shouldn't be any period where I don't have even a tiny goal. <laughs> <laughs> I figured as much. Okay, so that was what turns you on. Question four is what turns you off? Um, people that are mean for no reason and just meanness, negativity, anything that is 
yeah, just mean, nasty, anything like that. And if there's like sort of no reason for it, it's just coming from a, a not a nice place. Question five, what sound or noise do you love? Um, I love, I love classical music. I love birds singing. It's nice sort of hearing the birds singing when you're having your morning coffee. Um, yeah. Oh, my cat purring. I love that sound. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a cat. I do. I do. How is your cat going to deal with this Pomeranian that you're pestering your boyfriend to get? Um, yeah, she's, she's not gonna, she's not gonna be happy. She's not friendly. No. <laughs> Cats and dogs. Yeah. Sometimes they do not mix and it's more down to the cat than it is down to the dog. Definitely. Uh, question six, what sound or noise do you hate? Um, oh, you know what I hate? I hate a fork, any sort of cutlery, like scraping the plate. Oh my God. It gives me goosebumps every time. Uh, oh, I can't I, hear it. <laughs> I swear so many people answer with either that or the other one is the nails down the chalkboard that I think I have to just get a recording of that very sound. And <laughs> next time someone says it, literally just play the sound and see what their reaction is like. Because I think some people would actually just turn the interview off and run away. Um, <laughs> anyway, question seven. If you could have any one superpower, what would you pick and why? Ooh. You know what? I've actually I've thought about this before. <laughs> teleport. Sure? It's an important teleport. question. Teleport. <laughs> Why teleport? Um, so I can teleport to wherever I want, whenever I want. So right now I could be anywhere in the world, despite those restrictions. <laughs> okay. So if you had that ability and once our interview is done, where would you teleport right now? <laughs> um, to the beach in Croatia. Okay. Yeah, to a beach in Croatia. Nice and specific. Uh, question <laughs> eight. What job or occupation other than your own would you most like to attempt? Um, fighter pilot. <laughs> Have you ever flown a plane? No, no, I, I, I want to. I was thinking once I finish my actual education, I can do something like that, get a license sort of for myself. Um, but that's something, yeah, that's something that I think is... Yeah, amazing. <laughs> I mean, you absolutely should. It's it's very very different to sitting in a jumbo jet and flying, you know, flying anywhere. Do you have a do you have a strong stomach? Yes. <laughs> okay, that's that's a necessity. I can tell you for for being. Have a you pilot. flown a plane? Yeah, I, I've flown a plane three times. Um, I've always wanted to fly. I've been fascinated by planes, and I wanted to be a fighter pilot too. I mean, I still do. Who who doesn't want to be a fighter pilot? Mm -hmm. um, and I happened to mention this, I was coaching tennis at the time and some person who's a good friend of mine overheard and without me knowing, organized a flying lesson for me with a friend of his. Um, and they actually used an old Russian fighter trainer. So if you just imagine the world's biggest engine strapped to the world's flimsiest, tiniest cockpit, <laughs> and that basically is what this plane was. And he took off, we got to the altitude and he said, do you know what to do? And I said, basically, yeah. I mean, I know the theory as to, you know, you pull back, it pulls up, push forward, it goes down. And he goes, okay. And then he said, do a barrel roll. So <laughs> next thing I knew oh, we were upside God. down and you're looking straight down. It's like thousands of feet down. 
and the cockpit on this fighter wasn't, I mean, let's say it was rattling and there was wind coming through it. This is why I ask you if you have a strong stomach, because if you don't, it's, um, it's not for the faint of heart, but it's a lot of fun if you can deal with it. So highly, (laughs) highly, highly recommend. Very different to, um, yeah, getting on, on Qantas and going, going somewhere. Anyway. Um, question nine, what job would you definitely not like to attempt? Mm, not like to attempt. Um, maybe, I don't know, anything that's very physically demanding in terms of like lifting things. Like I'm, I'm very weak. I can barely lift some of my textbooks. So anything that was very physically demanding, I think I would struggle. <laughs> How big are these textbooks? I mean, they're law textbooks. They could be huge. <laughs> they're like, some are like this thick. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. All right. Um, sounds like they'd make good weapons. Uh, final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I've been waiting for you. <laughs> uh... I've, I've heard an answer like that, similar to that, I think, before. I think the only one's worse is what took you so long. Um. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I'm the only one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some people have a sense of humour after all. Um, well, Paloma, that's about it. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. It's been, it's been good fun. Look, uh, best of luck with the rest of your Miss World journey and um, hopefully also cross fingers crossed for everyone in Melbourne that the lockdown does get lifted sooner rather than later. Um, and thanks everyone for watching Paloma. I'll keep you on the line for just a sec whilst I hang up with the audience and uh, we will speak to you all next time. Hey, it's Adrian again. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember to head up to pageantlaunch.com to join the launch team for our pageant review site. All you have to do is enter your email address. It's completely free. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with your friends and follow us on all our socials. Thanks, and see you next time.